on my hit list Don't miss pleasure with business I'll leave you no witness Certified in the street Running shit like it's fitness Grew up around the pods I don't do the live like Chicago All right, all right. Welcome back. Welcome back. You know what time it is. Fan of Van podcast time on a Monday. Normally I do this on Tuesday, but I decided to shake it up a little bit. So with that being said, um, interesting few days in sports and uh, breaking news. MLB union nor the owners nor the commissioner have struck a deal yet. Not like that should be a surprise at all. Um, a lot of people are asking, do you think there's going to be a season... If so, is it a full 162? Well, I can tell you right now, they don't get a deal done today. Um, the opening day is in jeopardy, and I think it's already in jeopardy. I think half the season's in jeopardy at this point. Um, you know, the, apparently they're nowhere near close to a deal. And it makes you wonder, you know, should Robert Manfred, in fact, step down as the commissioner of Major League Baseball? And the answer is yes, he should. Because he's a scumbag. He's a piece of shit. Uh, he obviously doesn't know how to run Major League Baseball. And after the fact that you almost didn't even have a season during the pandemic, mind you, and then it got shortened to 60 games and people still watched. And then when you were able to attend games at the neutral sites for the playoffs, I mean, it generated some revenue. Then you had a full season last year. So, you know, they managed to recoup a lot of the revenue lost out of the other, you know, out of the games lost the, the the season beforehand. But now you guys are all sitting at a table and you can't come to an agreement on anything. And maybe part of it's the players and part of it's the owners. You know, it goes hand in hand. It takes two to tango and nobody wants to make the first move to try to, you know, come to an agreement. But um, that obviously will delve into more maybe Thursday, Friday, see if there's a deal struck between now and then. Who knows? Apparently, anytime I mention something on here, something happens 20 minutes after I upload the episode and this, that, and the third. So, you never know what might happen. Um, Got to talk about, though, and people are going to think it's me bashing LeBron again, but this time LeBron did it to LeBron himself. So, we all know what LeBron said during All-Star Weekend, right? You know, I've made reference to it, and now he's kind of backtracking. He says his commitments to the Lakers, he'll be a Laker, but you can't unsay what you said, though, LeBron. You can't sit there and, and tell the world that I'll play wherever Bronny plays and that the door to Cleveland's not closed and then backtrack it. You know, you, you want to consider yourself one of the greatest of all time, but goats don't talk themselves into these predicaments, and you did. You know, goats also don't play on teams that get blown out by the Pelicans last night. The Pelicans. Yeah, you put up 32. All well and good. But guess what? The Lakers are just an abysmal team to watch right now. Very abysmal. You know, turnover after turnover. I think after, like in the first half, they had almost like 20 turnovers. And yeah, I actually stayed up for part of the game last night, surprisingly, because I couldn't sleep. Um, But, you know... He did it to himself, just like he ruined Cleveland. And from 2010 to 2014, Cleveland had three straight number one lottery picks. He ruined Miami, and you're going to ask, well, how did he ruin Miami? You had him, Wade, and Bosh. Well, because after the fact, you were locked into these two huge contracts with Bosh and Wade, and you rendered them tradeless. 
That's what you did. You rendered them tradeless. You couldn't use Wade as a piece to try to dump the contract to, you know, get get the team to be younger and, and go a different direction. LeBron left them in that predicament. You let, and he goes back to Cleveland, and he leaves them in that predicament again. They go and they get Sexton, who's no longer on the team. They go and get Gar- Garland, and then they go and they get Mobley the following year. That's a goat. That's a goat. And mind you, for all those who sit there and say that Michael Jordan isn't a goat, okay, this is another interesting thing I found yesterday. So they did a whole bunch of, like, you know, guys that are, like, in the top 75, which is another joke because how is Tony Parker not in the top 75 when Tony Parker has, like, four NBA Finals rings or something like that? Russell Westbrook's in, but he has none. And Dame Lillard's in, and he has none. And don't get me wrong, Russell Westbrook, minus the fact that he's going through a slump at this point, shouldn't be on the list. If you're going to go top 75 all time, he's not on it. Dame Lillard should not be on it. And Dame Lillard, yeah, he's great, but sorry, shouldn't be on it. There's a lot of other people more deserving. You know, they put, they put Larry Bird ahead of uh, Tim Duncan in the top 75. And Tim Duncan has played double the games Larry Bird has played. And I know Larry Bird had the back injury that pretty much cut his career short. And, you know, and Tim Duncan plays in a, played in a different era of basketball than Larry Bird did. Okay, I get that. But, to, but there's an actual statistical fact out there that I found that I'll go over in the next one. I'm not going to go over it in this one. And I'll break it down further for you. Okay. Um, but going back to, you know, championships to all-star teammate appearances that helped them win titles. LeBron's had 16 all-star teammates for all his championship runs. Jordan, six titles. Only six all-star teammates. But you youngins out there think that LeBron's the GOAT because that's all you know. Well, there's this thing called YouTube. There's this thing called Netflix because you can go watch The Last Dance on there and you can see just how great Michael Jordan was as opposed to your precious little LeBron, okay? Um, You know, and even Paul Pierce came out. Paul Pierce came out and he said, you know, the Lakers don't win a championship this year, let alone, let alone get out of the first round. No more GOAT talk. And you know what? I'm not a huge Paul Pierce fan, but I agree with Paul Pierce on that one. But let's get into now the NFL a bit, all right? Because we could bash LeBron any other time and, you know, and it's always for, for a good laugh. Um, Aaron Rodgers apparently is demanding he gets $50 million a year. And now Greg Jennings is coming out and he's bashing him. But now people come out and bashing Greg Jennings. We don't know what Aaron Rodgers is asking for until you hear Aaron Rodgers say what Aaron Rodgers is looking for, okay? We don't know if Aaron Rodgers wants $50 million a year, but the way Green Bay is restructuring these contracts, they restructured, I think, Zadir Smith's contract. They went and restructured Aaron Jones's contract. They went, and I think yesterday they did Bacalateri's contract as well. It's not that he's demanding it. It's that Green Bay is willing to give it to him, Okay? Green Bay is willing to give it to him. After everything in the offseason, and Green Bay still wants him to stay. So if Green Bay wants to give him $50 million, 
then go ahead. But don't come crying to me if you're a Packers fan and say, well, we have no money to get weapons. Because just remember that your organization gave Aaron Rodgers $50 million a year. Okay? Just remember that. So when you don't have the money to go out and get Devontae Adams to come back, and you don't have the money to go out and get a Juju Smith-Schuster, or if Landry becomes available, or even if you want to try to get Calvin Ridley out of Atlanta, okay? And when you don't have the money for that, don't go crying on Twitter. Don't go crying on Facebook and Instagram when we got no cap money because nobody wants to hear it. Because Green Bay will have done it to themselves. It's not Aaron Rodgers asking for it. Because trust me, I'm sure he makes enough money doing the State Farm commercials. And I'm sure he's made money doing other friggin' promotional type things. Alright? That's on Green Bay. But the real topic of why I decided to do this this morning. And with time allotted, I should be able to fit it all in. Is again, I get asked. If not Mason, who? Well, Saturday night I decided, you know, there was some games on. I just did my cigar pickup at South Shore Cigar Lounge. So if you're from Long Island and you want a good cigar, go see them. Um, so I, I decided to, the top three quarterbacks that I would want Pittsburgh to bring in. Now, mind you, this is my own opinion. Everybody else has got their own. But my top three is obviously Winston, Mariota, and Mitch Trubisky. And you're going to probably sit there and go, Mitch Trubisky, but why? Because out of all these quarterbacks in the NFL right now, there's only one who has never thrown a pick six interception. He was also the one who had to shoulder all the blame for this team's unsuccessful time with him being on it. And that is Mitch Trubisky. Now, maybe the year in Buffalo maybe has shown Trubisky a different side to being a quarterback, learning under Josh Allen, that maybe some of that maybe is rubbed off and Trubisky could be that type of quarterback, maybe in Pittsburgh. But you don't know. See, out of the three, though, you could get Trubisky at the cheapest because it only costs you anywhere from three to seven million a year, and you could probably get it for a little bit less than three, because it would have to be a real show me deal. Mariota, eight to ten. Again, you could probably shave it down a bit. Winston's the one that's probably going to command the most out of the three, only because he's been a starter and he's had somewhat of success. Um, any three would fit in the Matt Canada offense, but then uh, the, the, then the rumblings last night were. You know, as free agency free agency starts, you know, as far as you're trying to acquire players, some other teams that you could trade for, um, would two would a fourth rounder and a conditional fourth rounder get you Jimmy Garoppolo? It does get you Jimmy Garoppolo, but which Jimmy Garoppolo do you get? Do you get the healthy Garoppolo that took over for Brady that went on this friggin' tear that got him his big deal in San Francisco, who then he got San Francisco to the Super Bowl and then Almost got them to the Super Bowl this year. Because if I'm going to get the healthy Garoppolo, then they're fourth-round draft picks. But we've seen in Steeler history in the fourth round, we've managed to to find a diamond in the rough. Okay, But I would do it. Because the Steelers, for the first time, have been 
labeled the most interesting team in the offseason. It's not because of anything else but this topic that we keep repeating repeating every day is who's the next guy who is the guy that's replacing Ben and 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 again and it's been repetitive just because if Garoppolo comes in and has one good year does not mean he has fully replaced Ben Roethlisberger again for those who aren't knowledgeable allow me to school you real fast he has to duplicate everything Roethlisberger has done and more okay Ben got us two Super Bowls. Garoppolo's got to get us three. Okay? Everything Ben has done, Garoppolo has to match and better it. That's it. He has to do better than what Ben has done. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Okay? Trubisky is not, obviously, he's not the answer. Neither's Mariota and neither's Winston. But they're temporary stopgaps if you don't land Garoppolo. Or if you don't make the mega trade to get Wilson. Okay? They're decent temporary stopgaps as opposed to having Mason Rudolph. And again, we don't know. I've said it before and I'll say it again. Rudolph could come out and prove us all wrong. But Rudolph would have to be consistent. He would have to be consistent for 18 years. And Mason don't have that in him. Because he's proven he is not capable of doing that. Mason will have a good game, and then Mason will forget how to play quarterback the following game. Okay? And then I was also going through this website, Sport Track, and they were talking about, you know, teams that these three quarterbacks would fit best. So obviously, Winston would fit the Broncos. He would fit the, I can't believe I'm calling them this, the Commanders, the Jets, Saints, Steelers, and the Vikings. Now, I don't see the Vikings being a pivotal move for Winston because they have Kirk Cousins unless the rumblings I'm hearing become true where even though apparently the the, the drama in Arizona is done um, and that everybody's on the same page but if it really isn't and this happens Minnesota's still not a fit for Winston because Minnesota would just in essence swap quarterbacks with Kyler Murray and Minnesota would have to give up a pick or two because Murray's not getting paid nearly as much as Kirk Cousins is. Or, you know, Minnesota, and listen, Kirk Cousins has improved. He had a good year last year. That if I'm Minnesota, I don't move on from Kirk Cousins. I would get more weapons around Kirk Cousins and let's see how, you know, with a, with a healthy Adam Thielen, you know, a growing Justin Jefferson, if Dalvin Cook could stay healthy, just get him a decent line, get him a decent defense, and let's see what he can do. Um, Mariota's fits, obviously, would be the Broncos, Colts, Commanders, Dolphins, Niners, and then the Steelers. I don't see the Niners in that situation because if they keep Garoppolo or if they trade Garoppolo, they're going to be all in on Trey Lance. They didn't trade up to three to to get a quarterback that they're not going to use. But again, you have to question this. If you're a Niners fan, you trade it up to three to get Trey Lance, but then a lot of people aren't sold on Trey Lance. Why wouldn't you have just traded up and got Mac Jones? Because we saw what Mac Jones was able to do. 
Mac Jones fit in, and he literally took over the reins. He was like, Cam, I got to show you the playbook. He's the one who probably went to Belichick and said, Bill, you know, this guy's been in the league for 10-plus years. People are talking about he should be in the NFL Hall of Fame, but he can't even read the goddamn playbook. So, but then again, Trey Lance could come out, and he could prove everybody wrong. We don't know until certain wheels are set in motion if Garoppolo goes. If Garoppolo goes to, dare I say it, Pittsburgh, I'll be happy for it. But I want the healthy Garoppolo. See, a lot of female Steeler fans are all for Garoppolo because it gives them something to look at. (laughs) Listen, all well and good. But when he's not winning your games and and if he's getting hurt all the time, is he going to be great to look at then, ladies? I don't fucking think so. I don't think so. Um, Trubisky didn't land on the list of fits for as far as, you know, the Steelers. And I don't get why. Because he would be a decent fit in Pittsburgh. Even if it's for a year. You know, because people are coming out. Like, like look at the Giants situation. You know, they declined the, the fifth-year option on Daniel Jones. Because had you had done it, you'd be on the hook for $22 million on an unproven quarterback. Now, you got Giants fans out there saying, well, you know, they're going to draft a quarterback. You know, there's a, this is a good quarterback draft class. No, it's not. There's maybe four good quarterbacks at best. And I'm giving Howell, you know, a, a little bit of generosity in this one. Because you got Coral out of, I think it was Ole Miss. You have Malik Willis out of Liberty. And then you got Kenny Pickett, who's the hot name. So, out of those four... The Giants aren't drafting any of them because the Giants' true needs is that offensive line. It's their offensive line. That's what they. That's their main focus. You know, if Daniel Jones can go out this year and prove, you know, listen, I'm the guy that can replace Eli, then, okay, then you could work an extension with him or you could slap him with a fr- franchise tag, which will cost you roughly $28 million. Okay, And when you look at all the teams and quarterback situations, Atlanta's got the biggest problem. Because Matt Ryan, if you keep Matt Ryan, he's a, he is the biggest cap hit in history with $48 million. $48 million For a guy who's on a serious decline. Why would you want to pay that? Why? I wouldn't. If you release them, you save $8 million. But if Atlanta was smart, knowing the fact you have this aging quarterback, just like Pittsburgh did with Ben, you make it avoidable deal, restructure it, make the signing bonus something that sprinkles over the next three, four years, okay? Get them to take $14 million, and you save cap money. You save cap money. Why are you going to put a guy like Matt Ryan and pay him $48 million? Because if Pittsburgh didn't do that with Roethlisberger, oh, the, oh, we already know where this would have gone. Pittsburgh doesn't know what they're doing. Blah, 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 yada, yada, yada. Okay? We all know that's what would have happened. Um, but, yeah. You know, if I'm Atlanta, I would follow the I would follow the recipe that Pittsburgh has done with voidable contracts because it doesn't hurt you. It saves you in the long run. So why not 
utilize it. I mean, it, it's it's just insane. You know, like, and the Steelers could still save cap money if they cut Joe Schoibert because he's due to make like seven to eight million this year. And for a guy that was good in Jacksonville and he was good in Cleveland, he really wasn't that great in Pittsburgh that I would honestly, I would, I would cut ties, but bring him in cheaper. That's what that's what I would do if I you know if I was if I was the GM and people you know come to me they go oh well you know if the, if you were the GM of the Steelers you know we you, freaking we'd be the laughing stock of the NFL first off if I was the GM of the Steelers we wouldn't be the laughing stock of the NFL because if I was the GM of the Steelers it'd be a whole different outlook it'd be a whole different situation because if I was the GM Matt Canada would have been gone okay Matt Canada would have been gone after this abysmal season of an offense that was supposed to be so dominant that sucked, okay? It sucked, okay? And speaking of that, and I heard this and I found this hilarious, Cincinnati's looking to improve their offensive line. All well and good, but not the guy they're looking at. Because if you learned anything from Baltimore, don't sign them. That's that's Alejandro Villanueva. I guess this guy wants to pounce. I guess he wants to travel around the AFC North map when he should just really retire at this point. So if I'm the Bengals, don't sign him. But they probably will because they'll look at him and be like, oh, this guy's an imposing figure. Yeah, he can't block a wet bag in, in a windstorm. All right. Um. You know, and as I was prepping for this episode, you know, I found all the topics that I was gonna that I was gonna talk about. One of them's a really interesting one that I'll get into on the next one, and it has to do with a quarterback that was ahead of his time that played for Pittsburgh. So, for those who know who I'm talking about, it's none other than Slash Cordell Stewart. And you're probably gonna ask yourselves, why would he want to discuss a guy who hasn't played on this team in over what, like two decades? Because it's an interesting one. Because, you know, was he a good quarterback? Was he not a good quarterback? Again, to me, he was ahead of his prime. But what I'm going to do for that one, obviously, I'll get all this. I'll get all his stats ready. You know, because that's what I do. I just don't sit here and try to leech off of somebody else's off of somebody else's success when they put no effort into helping at all with this. Um, so I'm going to do all that and we could discuss that. Um, there's other free agents that I want to discuss as far as where the Steelers should go. Um, I'll also do one for Giants and Jets fans as well. You know, where I think you guys should go, where I think you guys, you know, maybe I'll do a Giants-Jets mock draft. Uh, you know. Another interesting thing, though, I, I read on the NBA side of it before I get ready to start doing all my work nonsense. Charles Oakley came out and said that Giannis Anadokapu, however you say his name, because I hate these guys with these long-ass names where it's just letters mumble-jumbled together and they just somehow make a name, um, that he wouldn't be a starter in Charles Oakley's era. Mm. I don't know. I mean, he does play in a soft league, but I think if Giannis played in the Jordan-Oakley-Ewing era, I think he would survive. 
I think he would still be who he is now, but just playing then. You know, because I watched that net buck game Saturday night. That's the game I was watching. And that game, oh, God, was it a great game. Back and forth, back and forth. Kyrie went off. Um, You know, but again, the NF- the, the NBA officiating was decent throughout the game. And then towards the end, they're just, they're just calling fouls. And I'm watching it. And even the announcers are like, there was nothing there or... This is when the foul occurred. So how is it the announcers know when the foul was called and they're sitting away from they're sitting away from the action and the official's right there and he can't get it right. I don't know. If you're listening to this part of it, you know, when when I upload it, you're probably shaking your head the way I am. Like, you know, Jim, I don't know either. Uh, <laughs> but you know, but as far as which team now with well, you could now you could kind of call him the big three and Philly now with Harden and Bede and this Maxi kid who who was oh god did he go off on the Knicks yesterday? The, the friggin' Knicks can't win a game to save their lives. You you got all this talent, you know, with R.J. Barrett, and that's another topic I'll discuss. Maybe I'll make that one the Thursday one because I read a report that the Knicks are all in on R.J. Barrett making him the face. And I'll tell you where the Knicks should go and what they should do. But I'll probably do that Thursday or Friday. Who knows? Maybe I'll do a Wednesday one. Who knows? Um, but as I get ready for everything, again, I just want to, you know, thank you to everybody that retweets, follows, you know, listens. You know, uh, you know, it, it's very appreciated as always. You know, always my buddies at 420 Sports. Yes, we do have to do an episode together. Um... It's just a matter of schedules lining up. But other than that, you know, I'm all in on that. Because I, I think if we did one together, I, I, I think it would set the sports world on fire as far as sports podcasts. Um, you know, everybody else that retweets, like uh, my buddy Torch the Poet on Twitter, uh, Jeff the Podcast Father, you know, everybody that retweets, follows, and doesn't come at me about stuff that was promised that you have no help in no help in it at all and just because there was a talk of it I went on and did it so I feel that I owe nobody anything you know the only people I owe anything to are the ones that have helped me along the way to get me and even when Jay's been on here to where this is gone you know, people probably, you're probably wondering what's this about. I'm not going to get into who, the what, the where, the why, and the how, but just know that there's, there's people out there that when you start having a little something for yourself, they come out of the woodwork. You know, just like, just like in the sports world, you know, you, all, all of a sudden you become, you become a hot commodity, you become a big name, and all of a sudden everybody wants to be your best friend. But... With that being said, I'm going to run, though. Again, thank you to all of you. Listen, follow, retweet. Um, Probably be on again Thursday. If not, definitely Friday. I'll discuss more more Knicks basketball for, for all the Knicks fans. And again, you know, listen, if you follow, listen, you know, if there's something you want me to discuss, listen, hit me up. I'll discuss it. Again, I ain't afraid. You know, this will probably be one of the realest, rawest sports 
podcast you'll probably ever listen to. And if you're not, you should start. And if you do, tell your friends. But till then, stay safe. Peace.